the Click owns this business. Coming down the aisle, Bimbo, Jimbo, baby, who is? You know that I'm the cream of the crop. Give me a hell yeah. Today, woo, I've got the stop and profile like never before. From our studios in downtown San Francisco, this is In The Click, Bimbo Jimbo, alongside my tag team partner, Baby Huey. Hello, and welcome again, everybody. We're live, pal. Hey, buddy. Did you survive the Fozzie show? Did survive the Fozzie show, as when we last came to you was with uh, Chris Jericho and a little bit of the bubbly. We were getting ready uh, to go see him in concert at Slim's. It was a great show. We will uh, we'll talk about that in uh, just a few minutes, we'll, re- we'll recap our experience at Fozzie uh, and everything like that. But it was a good time. Spoiler yeah. alert. Uh, <laughs> but welcome back to In The Click. It does feel like um, it's been an extra long layoff for us. Oh, yeah. Which is because uh, of last week's schedule yeah. and all that stuff. So, and a lot's happened. Uh, we will talk about Clash of Champions, which after everything that transpired on WWE television this week feels like a lifetime ago almost. That, that is true. I was thinking about that. I was like, man, Clash of Champions? Like, yeah, it seems like eons ago, and plus all the stuff that happened this week alone. Yes, and, that's what I mean. And this is like a, t- a test of what's going to be going on on a regular basis coming October. It, it is a big week with NXT finally making its debut on television. We are going to talk about all of that on the USA Network. Uh, Okay, but let's get into it. WWE announced that there is going to be a draft coming up. It will be on October 11th edition of SmackDown and the October 14th edition of Raw. There will be a full draft, the first draft since 2016 when they reinstituted the brand split. Uh, Just your thoughts on that, baby Huey. Okay, so... You say 2016, so everything since then was all just superstar shakeups. Superstar shakeups. There's not been the full draft since. I'm excited because then hopefully that means dedicated rosters to both Raw and SmackDown again, so no crossover. And then they said, I think, at the pay-per-view and Raw and SmackDown. The end of uh, the wild card rule. Wild card rule. One of my least favorite additions to WWE programming in recent memory. I want to be excited because, like I said, dedicated rosters for each show again, therefore giving more screen time to more people. You're not going to get burnt out as fast seeing the same faces appear on Raw and SmackDown over and over. So I'm all for that. If Especially if it goes back to maybe like the early 2000s version of the, the uh, draft and the brand split where it just really could like set off just a whole just, I don't want to say like a civil war, but you know, it's just like each show pushing each other, like who can top who week in, week out. Yeah. That's what I'm excited for. Yeah, I, I, I really want a dedicated brand split because if you don't have one, then you have way too many championships. I, mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, we, we've talked about this a lot, and I've said this phrase quite a bit, be it on air or off air, that the WWE has been sort of gluttonous uh-huh. in, their, in their acquisition of talent. The amount of talent they have the on their seven. roster – is second to none in any period in their history in terms of just the sheer amount of volume of talent that they have on the books that they don't even use sometimes. And with a, they have enough of a roster. As you can see it now. They're going to have three shows on network television. Uh, 
and they should because they have that many horses that can just straight up go. So I'm excited for it in that sense because I think a brand split will help those people that aren't on TV really show their talents. They they ha- they got signed by WWE for a reason, and mm-hmm. I th- I think the brand split's going to help everybody get over if they stick to it. Well, as you said, like. People who are not on TV regularly, they're just used as extras in backstage segments. Like, not to jump ahead to Raw, but, you know, the whole baby gender reveal thing. That was an example of just how many guys and gals who are just not being used on TV, just standing there and just used as uh, as a, a prop, more yeah. or less. But, yeah, I, I'm excited if this could lead to, as you said, it, it gives more um, uh, prestige back to each individual title. Because, like, not like I said, not jump ahead to Raw again, but yet both Raw and tag team champions in the ring celebrating. But it's like, that's a lot of titles in one ring. So if it helps differentiate the two, gives more prestige, you're a champion of this show. Therefore, you're the top guy or gal in that respected show. But also, as you said, it's even if it gives more people time to have matches, screen time. Even if you're not winning, at least you're getting on TV and help putting your respected coworker talent over. So that's all I'm for. It's just if it helps freshens things up storyline-wise, that's the big thing. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, this story comes to us via Forbes in terms of the possible big changes that are ahead for Raw and SmackDown. Apparently, there was a photo shoot uh, with some of the biggest names who are currently on members of the or currently members of the Raw roster. Uh, and this is a photo shoot for Fox. Uh, featured names were Alexa Bliss, Rey Mysterio, The Miz, and maybe, and this is according to Forbes, maybe the biggest name of all of them that was on this Fox photo shoot, the man, Becky Lynch. So uh, if the, if perhaps she could be going to SmackDown uh, in this draft or what have you, mm. uh, I, I, think, I, I am biased towards SmackDown. I think since 2016, overall, SmackDown has been the vastly superior show. Yes. I, I think during the brand split, uh, you know, the first iteration, you know, it was the, you know, you had the creation of JBL and the, and the coronation of Eddie Guerrero and all, and all, and, you know, Chris Benoit and all these other names that really mm. got over on SmackDown. SmackDown in the brand split eras has sort of always been. Uh, a place where you can create and foster new talent. Now, that's not to say that you know Raw had its time in the early brand split as well. Uh, but I just think in this in this current one, SmackDown has been the vastly superior place to be. Uh, it was the place to be right when it happened. I mean, remember talking smack and that promo that the mm-hmm. Miz gave. So I, I think, like, I don't, I can't think of anyone that has gone from SmackDown to Raw in this current brand split era and has been better on Raw than they were on SmackDown mm-hmm. or vice versa. Somebody, you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, look, yeah. At, look at when the Usos went to SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I'm just thinking AJ Styles, his title, multiple correct. title reigns. It, it, it was all, and he's been very good wherever he's been. Yes, absolutely. But it just shows when you do a really good job on SmackDown, you then, I don't want to say get promoted, but you move over to raw thinking you're, you could be the savior for that show. So like AJ Styles who dominated on SmackDown for 16, 17, 18 comes over to Raw this year, which we're all, I think at that point, we're all like, yeah, it's he's due for a change, change of scenery. And I, I think he's been one of the big highlights for Raw of most of this year. So as you said, I think SmackDown, that's where the newer talents can uh, thrive and really develop themselves. And therefore, when Raw needs to be freshened up, since they are, quote, the A show, they get moved over. So as like I said, it's, it's somewhat of a promotion for those respected talents. Yeah, and I just I, I but it's I just think if you want to excel 
you know, it's SmackDown's been the place to be yeah. to to really get over in this yeah. in this current era. So it is interesting, and it could just be a photo shoot. Look, they're all WWE talent. It could it doesn't mean that they're all on their on their way to SmackDown. This could be leaked to make people think that you know get us talking. people are going to SmackDown. Well, I was going to say like, is it one big group photo or is it individual photos? Because you take those photos and you know Photoshop splice in whoever you want side by side to make a group photo down the road for promotion use. So. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe it's for for promo use for the draft and everything well, like that. And also, like, don't they in the past? Oh, well, yeah, because that's the other thing with the draft, like all hands on deck. Correct. Right. So I think everyone has to be at both shows to react. Because I think sometimes in the past, I mean, I think Vince, it's been noted, like they'll make a decision like last minute on the draft. Like, OK, this person's going to go here. So maybe this photo shoot, they just want to get some of people from both shows and then but they still don't know their future yet or what yeah. the higher powers that be don't know what show they're going to be on. There's a lot of speculation and what have you in terms of changes to be made, thoughts of the commentary teams changing around and everything like that. And uh, I think Vic Joseph certainly gave a great uh, tryout on Rock yeah. if they want to make him the new voice of Robbo. That remains to be seen uh, how that is all going to shake out. But I am excited for the WWE draft. And, and I think uh, on an upcoming episode, we will uh, sort of have our own maybe who could benefit from a change mm-hmm. of scenery and where people should go and everything like that. I hope they also change the sets too. There are there are there are rumors that there is going to be uh, set changes, theme changes, and stuff like that. I wouldn't be surprised if the whole thing gets a facelift. Yes, as Baby Huey is pantomiming, fisting me. <laughs> uh, the the SmackDown fist is something that you see online is uh, is something that a lot of SmackDown fans miss. Uh, I saw an, an infographic online this past week of all the old SmackDown logos and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, I saw that too. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm very partial to the very original SmackDown logo. The very uh, first one? Sort of the okay. Carolina blue uh, SmackDown check. logo. I, I really like that one quite a bit. But yeah, there, there are rumors of uh, sort of facelifts uh, cosmetically for the shows as well, which I'm, really? all, for, I'm all for. it. Yeah, not very great. Oh, it's, it's, it's a visual gag. <laughs> Sorry. The one from 99 to 2001. Yes. Yeah, okay. I, I really like that. The first two are probably my favorites, to be honest. Well, they're simple, too. They're bold but simple. Yeah. And this so, newer one kind of goes back to that a little bit. Yeah, so, yeah, it's right, because they unveiled the new SmackDown logo for the move to Fox. Uh, all right, AEW Dynamite is also official. Like, the, the oft-speculated, uh, what would the name of the show be? You know, they fire, filed the trademark and copyright for it months and months ago, so it is now officially their weekly show will be Dynamite. Well, it's also, God, I can't believe, if you think about it, it's been like almost a year. It's crazy. Since the initial leaked uh, uh, copyright patents were being filed or whatever. But yeah, here we are, that Dynamite name finally is uh, coming to light. But I don't know, it's kind of, I don't know if we talked about this like a year ago, but it's just kind of a little bit funny to me, like Dynamite on TNT. Yeah, I think we did, actually. The the synergy there is good. Yeah, yeah. It's so... Hopefully they'll use flames and stuff like they'll nitro. Like, I don't want them to rip off nitro at all. Like, it, like that to me is just they should not. They should do their own thing. <laughs> but just like fireworks. Yeah, that was some dynamite going. Yeah, I get it. Get, what's a uh, Wiley Coyote or yeah, something? Yeah, some Acme TNT going. <laughs> or some ACDC TNT. Yes, absolutely. Well, speaking of uh, <laughs> speaking of ACDC, Fozzie. Uh, Chris Jericho, they covered uh, "Dirty Deeds" at yes. the Fozzie show, which was which was great fun because it's a song that everybody can sing along mm-hmm. to and really have a good time with. Uh, but let's let's quickly just uh, shout out Chris Jericho once again for one coming on yeah. uh, the program, giving us a great interview. It was a really fun discussion. 
uh, but inviting us to the Fozzie show. Did you have fun? Absolutely. It was, uh, even though it was a Thursday night, Jericho said it's Fozzie Friday. Yes. I respected that. Every night is Fozzie Friday. So every time you go to a Fozzie show, it's a party. You cannot miss it. And and here's the thing. I will say this. What I loved about them, one, it's like, hey, they got a really uh, big set list now. They have a lot of great yeah. singles from their last album, Judas, but even sprinkled in stuff from their older uh, catalog of albums. So they have a fat set list now. I think they played almost an hour and a half. Yeah, if they I played a long time. Yeah, and you know they got the covers in there too as well. And uh, I mean, first off, what I love about the band itself, all the members, all five of them, they they play with a lot of energy. They play like they're having just fun. They're smiling at each other. A lot of fun. And it's just the props that they use. Jericho is like that big glowing fuzzy box he stands on. And what I love, it, it's an old like attitude Bruce Dickinson, the old lead singer, I mean, the current singer of Iron Maiden yeah. has, where even if you're playing a huge arena or something, his job as a lead singer is to shrink down the venue and make sure that he feels like he's acknowledging every single person in the room. Yeah. So I love when Chris is on stage, he makes the room that much smaller and he feels like he's playing to each individual person. I love his showmanship. So I just love his whole attitude and presentation and the whole band as well. So I just love, even though we're in this big room slims, he just made it just so fun for all of us in there. And it just, he it really felt like a party in like someone's house. Yeah, absolutely. And, and they really do. We've seen them a couple of times now. They put on yeah. a kick-ass show uh, and Chris is just such a, such a cool guy to be around and everything like that. So big thank you to him again. Shout out to Phil from the Bullet Cast. Yes. And Mike Millerick for coming out and having a good time. And my buddy uh, Hell Pockets eSports commentator for starting that mosh pit, which yeah. – uh, was absurd, <laughs> but, but was a lot of fun as well. I mean, I tried to push Huey into it. Dude, I'm, I'm like, okay, here's my thing is like when I was younger, you know, in my high school, college years, I was all about moshing and getting in there. But then after a while, especially in my old basketball playing days when I was in much better shape, I was so big. I was, I ended up knocking over a lot of people. So I was like, I don't know my own strength sometimes. Like, I'm just going to back off. And then it came to a point where a lot of times people would just tap me on the shoulder and want me to lift them up to start crowd surfing. I was like, no, I'm not going to. Yeah, I want you to lift me on your shoulder so I can flash Chris. (laughs) I was like, I'm not going to be pulling muscles, trying to hold people up and push them in. You find your own way to climb up there. People always climb on me. So I am now at my older age. I'm more mature. I'm wiser. I'm going to stand off to the side and enjoy the show and not have to worry about some knuckleheads running into me. But there was a couple in there. I was ready to lay the smack down on their candy asses. Yeah, not not friends of ours. But no, yeah, no, they, no, they no, were, no, no. They were acting a fool. A yeah, yeah. But uh, real quick, I just want to say the video version of our interview with Chris Jericho is also up at 1077thebone.com. Or if you go to the Bones YouTube page, look up Chris Jericho, 1077thebone. You can watch the full interview there. So it's just cool kind of seeing us uh hanging out with the man himself. And I just want to give a shout out also to Chris, just because I think it's really cool following him on social media is um, it was a big, this is a big month for him for Fozzie, just because he, as he told us, they had this one-off show with Iron Maiden down in SoCal. Yeah, and so they built, super rad. they built up this whole West coast tour around that, just to take advantage of this opportunity and the momentum they have. And so it's just really cool seeing Chris. They're playing all these shows up along the West coast and they're going to a lot of radio stations and it seems like he's having a lot of fun doing a lot of press for Fozzie. And I'm sure for him, it must be great just talk 
about his band, his true passion. Yeah. And not get just caught up in all the wrestle talk. Well, yeah, not that wrestling's not his passion, but, yeah. but the fact that he had a goal early on. He wanted to be a wrestler and a rock star, yeah. and he's achieved both of those. And I, I go back to what we talked about with him again in that interview was there the 15-year overnight success kind yes. of deal. And uh, I just couldn't couldn't be happier for Chris and the rest of Fozzie doing so well. And uh, you It was know, just cool hanging out with him after the show, too. So thank yeah. you to him for having us... Uh, Having a little bit of the bubbly yeah, backstage abso- with him afterwards. Absolutely. All right. Uh, I have a little bit of an announcement to make. It's something that uh, I'm I'm very excited. I'm humbled to be to be even saying this. Uh, but you know, our 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 sort of our hometown promotion is all pro wrestling here in the Bay Area, and uh, one Bimbo Jimbo James Kincaid is going to be making his professional wrestling commentary debut on September 27th. At War at the Shore Yay, for all Jimbo. pro wrestling. Uh, yeah, I'm very excited. Thank you. Uh, Congrats. I, I appreciate that very much. I'm I'm super excited. It's it is as we were just talking about Chris Jericho's dream being a rock star and a professional wrestling. It's been my dream uh, to do something in the world of professional wrestling from a commentary or an on air aspect, uh, knowing that I do not have the sort of physical skills to be a pro wrestler. Uh, but I'm very excited. Uh, to be making my debut at, th- at this juncture, uh, details are still uh, a little sort of up in the air in terms of streaming and everything like okay. that. We're working on a streaming service where you can where you can check it out. But by all means, go to the event. Don't don't watch it for my commentary, which again, first time out might be a little rough. But I'm very excited, and I have some thoughts uh, about how I'm going to do that. But it's Friday, September 27th at the Bayshore Community Center. Uh, doors are at 6.30. Bell time is at 7.30. It's going to be a great show, and we do have an exclusive uh, to also announce that the title match for that show, it's going to be APW Universal Champion Jake Atlas defending against the chairman of AEW, Sean Spears, who will be in the house. So that should be a great match. Okay, so wait, what name are you going to go by? Are you going to go by Bimbo Jimbo? Are you going to go by James Kincaid? Are you going to make up a new name, new identity? Completely for- new name. Yeah. No, no, I'm not going to. I'm probably I'm probably just going to go by Jimbo Kincaid. Jimbo Kincaid. So okay. fusion of the two Okay. That's sort of okay. what I'm what I'm thinking of. Uh, okay. So, you know, sort of keep keeping both things uh, both things alive there. But also advertised for this show is the Reno Scum versus the Lucha Bros. That's going to be awesome. Ooh. Joey Ryan versus Levi Shapiro. Can I start a start a Sarah Huevos chant? I'm you, start can, you can do whatever you can want, I bring baby. A sign? You can do whatever you want, can baby. Can I bring you a sign for you? Like Jimbo. Don't Kinkade, do that. Jimbo Kincaid's my daddy. Here. I don't want to outshine the talent. Uh, can we? Can we? Can, can we? Can I? We wave at you at the desk or like throw stuff. at you? <laughs> uh, do, don't do that. You know, maybe maybe, maybe wait until I have my feet under me. But And I believe at this time, again, uh, we're still working out the details, but I believe our guy OG uh, KG, Kevin Gill, is going to be uh, doing the commentary with cool. me. On He's going to be the color analyst and everything like that. He's a so, long-time pro. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm happy to have him aboard with me to help sort of uh, make sure I don't crash the ship, as it were. But I, I really am, uh, you know, I sort of hesitated to announce this and everything like that because you know, I just want to make sure it was going to become a reality. But uh, I am super, super excited for this opportunity. I'm humbled and, uh, again, very grateful to uh, Marcus Mack, uh, who runs APW, for letting me have this opportunity, and to Mike Millerick for, uh, you know, even just sort of putting this uh, dream of mine out there uh, and making it a reality. So I, I really am very appreciative. I'm super excited. Yeah, if you want updates on, like, the current card and stuff, just go to All Pro Wrestling on Instagram, at All Pro Wrestling, and even 
WarAtTheShore.eventbrite.com for tickets. AllProWrestling.com as well. But uh, you never regret money that you spend going to an APW yeah. show. It's you know, I've you. You get your money's worth mm-hmm. and then some. I mean, it's such a great way to spend a weekend, a Friday or Saturday night, by and large, when they run their shows. Uh, but again, September 27th, it's going to it's gonna be a happening. And I'm excited because uh, our boy Levi Shapiro is going to be taking on Joey Ryan as well, defending um, his title that night as well. So it just... The internet I, championship. Yeah. Right? So it's going to be really cool just seeing Levi out there and... Uh, um, yeah, it's going to be a really special night. I'm really ex- looking forward to this. It, 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 it is Next gonna, week's going to be a busy week with wrestling in general yes, for us. because we do have Raw and SmackDown coming to Chase Center, the house that Jimbo built. <laughs> so follow My us on... My own blood, sweat, and tears. I built that building. <laughs> yes, a lot of tears. I know it. So make sure to follow us at In The Click on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We'll uh, probably do some live posts as, uh, as we're attending both Raw and SmackDown next week. So uh, follow, especially on Instagram. We'll probably do some Instagram stories. What's your Instagram as well? Uh, I believe it's bimbo.jimbo, and I'm at the bimbo jimbo on Twitter. Yes. Trying to be more active on Twitter. It's slow going, though. But Thank I'm trying. You. I'm trying. Thank you for the live tweeting during Clash of Champions. Oh, yeah, yeah. I because have- I was at a family get-together, so I couldn't watch Clash Champions live. So when I got home, I was like, oh, look at all these tweets out of nowhere. Every, like every, every, now, every now and then, like when I'm able, with my schedule permitting to catch a, a wrestling event live, I will try and hop on either in the Clicks Twitter or my Twitter and live tweet. I figured better to do it on In The Clicks since we're strictly wrestling and, you know, uh, I have a few interests outside of wrestling, not many. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, follow me on Facebook as well, uh, at Baby Huey Official, Twitter and Instagram, at Baby Huey 83 But also, the other thing, too, with uh, at the show, the APW show, uh, Jake Atlas, you know, he's currently a double champion. Yes. So he's going to be relinquishing uh, the Juniors Championship, and a new champion will be crowned also Correct. next Friday. So that's a big deal as well. So a lot of stuff going on. Not only Jimbo. Dude, the, Luch- the Lucha Brothers. I, totally. Like, like, honestly, like I, I mean, I'm excited for the card top to bottom. Jake Atlas, uh, and I'm sure I'll probably reference this when I do commentary, he had a match with with Shane Strickland that I still think about. Yeah. Uh, which is one of the best I've ever seen. That was like back in March, right? Yeah, he's a phenomenal, phenomenal athlete. But on a personal level, uh, to be able to call the action of uh, Pentagon Jr. and his brother Phoenix, I mean, Pentagon, I'm a Pentagon, Phoenix. I, I'm a Pentagon Mark, you know, through and through. I mean, to call both of them being such a huge Lucha Underground fan and for them to be in the Bay Area and for me to be able to do that is... Um, I'm really, really excited for that. So it's it's going to be fun. Yeah, no, it's going to be action packed. And so, uh, yeah, make sure to follow us at In the Click on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram uh, for that APW show as well. It's going to be yes. a lot, a lot of coverage next week. All pro wrestling hashtag War at the Shore September 27th Bay Shore Community Center. Come up with the hashtag for you that night. I'm pretty good at coming up with hashtags for myself. <laughs> so we'll we'll, 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 we'll we'll workshop it APW off air. APW Jimbo. We'll workshop it off air. Um, but yeah, we should I, give like a prize like, or something. Listen, man, I mean, it is, I bought a whole new suit for this gig, dude. Wait. It is ooh, Do you custom reveal? made. Wait. Oh, no, it's no, custom. It's cu- so it, got I'm gonna, lined up. I'm gonna be dressed to woo impress baby Huey. So I'm I'm excited for. It. But we got a lot to talk about that besides putting myself over and me making my trying to make my dreams come true here. But I'm one step closer to being put through a table. So that's that's a good day in the in in Bimbo Jimbo's mind. Uh but let's talk about Clash of Champions. Again, uh it feels like an eternity uh has gone by since Clash of Champions took place. But um overall uh I, I thought I thought it was an okay show. It was. Yeah. It's kind of as we're talking about it, like and how I felt at the time was kind of forgettable. Yeah. Um. 
I think outside of Sasha and Becky Lynch, which was a phenomenal, uh, a phenomenal contest, and I didn't even mind the DQ finish, like the sort of the BS schmoz finish, I thought worked in this sense because we're leading to Hell in a Cell. So obviously you're going to lock them in Hell in a Cell to, to prevent like another finish like that from happening. So I thought that was really well done. But overall, kind of it was kind of just there. Yeah, it just felt like a lot of random matches you might see on episode of Raw or SmackDown, respectively. It, 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 it's... I think they're at the issue is okay. It's Clash of Champions, so every title has to be on the line. So WWE has a lot of titles to put out there. So I yes, think, I think it was a Roman's match was the only non-title. Or- yeah, and point of order since you brought it up, we had Roman Reigns versus Eric Rowan, and I actually thought they did a really good job. It was a no DQ match. Mm-hmm. However, I would have just as soon put that on this edition of SmackDown to follow. Yeah. Because it wasn't a title match, so it didn't fit with your your already your Clash of Champions the theme. theme. Instead, have the King of the Ring match in that spot because that's at least you're competing for an honorific that sort of fits with the Clash of Champions theme as opposed to waiting to do the final on Raw. And especially considering that you'd already been promoting that the King of the Ring finals would be a Clash of Champions for yeah. much longer than you were promoting Roman versus yeah. Eric Rowan. And I think people were more invested despite the multiple times we've had to watch that video packages of, of things being dropped on Roman Reigns. Oh. I think people were way more invested in the King of the Ring final than they were in Roman versus Rowan. True, but I, I when we get to Raw, I was kind of saving there. But I was kind of glad it got its dedicated time there and more time to shine probably. Well, I, I will just say that on Raw, they got about 20 minutes. Yeah. On Clash of Champions, Rowan and Reigns got about 20 minutes. Mm. So, close, you know, I mean, 17 versus 19 minutes. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I think they could have told the same yeah. story. Well, it's but overall, Clash Champion, yeah, unfortunately, I think it was a lot of, as you said, forgettable matches. I, like, what's, like, what do you remember most from this pay-per-view other than maybe the very end, the surprise at the end? Well, okay, so... Uh, I, 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 you're right. I think AJ Styles and Cedric Alexander on the kickoff show. I was uh, five minutes, but some of the best five minutes of wrestling you'll watch. I actually really enjoyed that match. Uh, I wish they got more time. I think they have a lot more in the tank to offer with one another. I loved how it started with Cedric sort of blitzkrieging AJ out of the gate. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I thought it was really fun and I, and I thought it was the right result. People have been talking online about like, Oh, they're burying Cedric Alexander. I absolutely do not see it that way. He's sharing the ring with one of the best of all time to do it. I I feel like they're pushing Cedric Alexander. Trust the process. Is that what they say? Yeah. Yeah. Let let this play out. Yeah. I I think, I think this is good stuff for Cedric. Uh, I would have liked them to not be on the kickoff show, but uh, that's what would what you it switched was. off? What would you switched off? Maybe, uh, maybe one of the tag matches or pr- probably probably Shinsuke and the Miz. Yeah, uh, yeah even yeah, though yeah. I do love the Intercontinental Championship more than I love the United States Championship, but it hasn't really been on TV that much lately. Part of me was actually this pay per view ended early, right? It was like only three and a half hours, if I remember correctly. I don't know. Part of me there was a lot of quick matches as well. Part of me was almost keep Roman. Separate, just a SmackDown, King of the Ring on Raw, and then keep AJ on the main show and then put the IC on the pre-show. So that way the main show could have more time to breathe. Why why don't, since you have the storyline where you have your competitors having to wrestle twice in a night, Mm -hmm. why don't you have that that tag team championship match with with Braun and Seth versus uh, Rude and Ziggler Mm -hmm. on the pre-show to give them the maximum amount of time to recover? You could sell it that way. And plus, it's a really important match on the pre-show. So it gets people like you got to yeah. tune in. 
Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I, again, we and we've talked about this more times than I can count about how the pre-show is BS anyway. So it doesn't if it's all if if those matches were airing on Sunday Night Heat or on the USA Network, I I could go along with you. But it's all on the network, so it's all just Clash of is Champions. So we turning can, over to another can we channel? just end this facade, please? Uh, but let's let's break down some of the matches. We don't have to go through all okay. of them, but we we mentioned uh, Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler versus Seth and Braun for the the tag team championships of Raw. Um, I think you and I both said that we figured that to keep intrigue going, that uh, we figured they would stay on Braun and Seth. They did not. Uh, no. We had the makeshift tag team of Dolph and Robert Roode uh, get one up on the, the champions here. What did you think? Um, I think it was kind of expected just to create a little little fallout, a little heat between. Braun and Seth is like, oh, they had a little conflict earlier by losing the titles. Now they're going to be really mad at each other. And, but honestly, just their whole tag team reign was so quickly forced together. Didn't la- didn't exist too long. What barely what three weeks if that if I remember. So I was like, okay, it. I just I feel like WWE right now at times because they have a pay per view every month. It, it's like the two or three weeks in between pay per views. They have these quickly thrown storylines together. Don't have a lot of time to breathe. And then they kind of do, they resolve them, whatever, at the pay-per-view. And then they got to move on to the next storyline. So you get, you're going to get a lot of quick storylines because you have the fallout on the, the pay-per-view or on the Raw or SmackDown after the pay-per-view. And then you have the go-home shows. So those two or three weeks in between all that are going to be very quickly thrown together situations and storylines that don't have, for us to get emotionally invested. So this whole tag team thing, it was just as a prop to kind of build up some heat between the two before yeah. their match. And now, as we're looking ahead, their whole situation is going to be done now because Seth is moving on to another opponent, which we'll talk into. But it's like, okay, cool. They're done with. And hopefully Dolph and Rude now can have some more fun with it, maybe have some time to do. But they're, I guess they're that's, odd. The, that's the whole thing is it just doesn't – the Raw Tag Team Championships just has never really felt less important, which is which is an issue for me. Uh, Bailey and Charlotte Flair of Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Uh, this was a very short match. It was like less than five minutes uh, with Bailey using an exposed turnbuckle to knock out Charlotte Flair, score the quick victory. But I think what everyone will remember from this match is Bailey running away oh. afterward, getting the hell out of Dodge. And I was like, immediately when I saw, it, I was like, well, that's going to be a gif on the internet, and it is, and it's cl- it's great. Uh, but it's just sort of, I guess, solidifying that Bailey is uh, sort of not the role model that she purports herself to be. Which, as a heel, the role model is a great moniker to to have and everything like that. So, uh, what did you think of this here? Yeah, it, it, it's I just a little. I don't know what's the word upset, but it's like I think they're kind of sacrificing Bailey's good, you know, momentum she's had the last couple months just to put over Charlotte more. They're really trying to force Charlotte into this babyface character, and it kind of doesn't make sense, especially as we've seen on Raw and SmackDown, like her pairing with Becky, and they've had their falling out issues since last year, so it just doesn't make sense to have Charlotte and, and Becky working together as a team now when they've been enemies for so long. I guess they have to just because of the natural situation of, okay, you have Bailey and Sasha, I think. So the other two, four horsewomen have to naturally be a tag team now to take them on. But yeah, so for this match, I think it was just more to help sell Charlotte as the baby face WWE wants us to believe in. I'm not fully on board with it yet. So I think they got still a lot more character building to do to get Charlotte over as a baby face. I think she's better as a heel. 
But for this match, I think that's all the point of it was. Yeah, again, I think what will stand out is Bailey running away. I don't think it. I, I, I don't think it really did any much of anything for for either one involved. Unfortunately, it was just kind of there. Uh, we had the revival defeating uh, Biggie and Xavier Woods for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Uh, this was a really really solid match. Uh, I, I liked how they they played into sort of Xavier's injury mm-hmm. and everything like that. They made him tap out, ripping his pants um, apart. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's sort of the whole they they hit what the um, they hit the uh, the magic killer on him or whatever the shatter machine. Excuse yeah, me, yeah. magic killers, uh, the Good Brothers. <laughs> good move, brother. Sorry, uh, the shatter machine on him. They didn't even go for the pin. They wanted to make him submit. Yeah, uh, which I thought was a cool sort of dastardly heel tactic mm-hmm. to do. But my my reaction, what I put out there was now follow it up and keep them strong. Like this is all well and good. It was a big, big victory for them over one of the premier tag teams of WWE history up to this point now. Uh, but you got to follow that up and you got to keep them looking good. So is this kind of uh, WWE's way of before the draft getting the revival over to SmackDown now officially? Yeah, I, w- I would imagine yeah. so. Um, then we have the the tag team match for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. Just real quick, Alexa mm-hmm. Bliss and Nikki Cross beating Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. The only thing I have to say about this is I'm a big, big believer in Mandy Rose. I, I really think that she could be like that IC title era heel Shawn Michaels type role. If you want to make Sonya Deville her Diesel kind of deal, like I'm, I'm I know I know I purported this sort of like idea for it to be Eva Marie and and uh, Nia Jax as sort of her insurance policy. But okay. I think you could do it with Mandy and Sonya. Mandy being the I'm prettier than you like kind of deal, I Hockey. think. And she's good in the ring. So she can she can really get that gimmick over, I feel like. I love and now com- she's on Maxim too, so good for her. I loved like that high low move that her and Sonya do where Sonya will like very much like Undisputed Era, but like uh, yeah. She uses the kick. Mandy, I think, like delivers. Eliminators. Yeah, I love the way she delivers that kick on them. Uh, I just, uh, for me, the one highlight or one highlight one out of that match was Nikki Cross just mocking Mandy, like, yeah. Yeah. And her outfit was Alexa Bliss, like uh, uh, Harley Quinn inspired. Yeah, they were, again. Bo- they were both Harley Quinn inspired outfits. Um, I hated. Uh, I, I don't I do not like the pairing of of Nikki and Alexa Bliss because they've completely bastardized what Nikki Cross's character was. What is she now? What is she? There's nobody in WWE other than maybe intentionally Bailey whose music does not fit their character now. Like Nikki Cross has this like lunatic entrance music mm-hmm. and she's just she's just wee little Alexa's best friend now and I'm like happy to be here. It's so dumb. Well, would you think one way to fix that is maybe and this is partly not their fault, but like they should do like more vignettes or outside uh, uh, video packages of them, like showing them off as the odd couple. Very much like maybe Booker T but, and Goldust. But like, she's not that character anymore. They straight up just took that away from her. But I just think like maybe show them outside, like a day in the life of them two hanging out together and like how Alexa and them are both Nikki are like, extreme opposites of each other. They really sell us that it's really this odd pairing together. Yeah, but it's just like. My, that's all well and good, but that's still a new Nikki Cross character that they're they're taking us in a different direction with her with really no rhyme or reason to why they did that. That, that, that I guess, was more my, my issue is, like, dude, you had an established character. Yeah. And, and now, you know, people were afraid of her. And mm-hmm. now it's like Mandy Rose mocking her for being ugly or whatever kind of deal. It's just, it's just very, it's very strange to me how they, they treated her on the main roster and put her as a sort of, like, meek, like, strange, yes, but meek character that wants to be Alexa Bliss's friend. Well, I was going to say with also with Mandy and Sonya, do you think why they haven't been able to get more of a push is because they're just, there's so many 
uh, top female wrestlers on WWE right now. I think I feel they're like in the a good. I think they're in a good spot, and I think they showed out pretty well here at Clash. I think they're. I think they're going to be tag champs pretty soon because I think the four horsewomen they're dominating each show right now. So you think Mandy and Sonya are kind of like that second tier on the outside looking in. So you think they're almost there to kind of really sell them as uh, the next maybe uh, generation or not generation, but you know like. They can easily help carry that women's division more. So you're saying the tag team division is is what's best for them right now? For right now, I think so. Like I think they would do wonders for that that championship. I don't. To me, Alexa and Nikki aren't doing much with it. I, I would like to see a Fire and Desire versus the Kabuki Warriors kind of feud. Yeah. I, I think those would be some great matches. But I, I just I think uh, the the Alexa and Nikki thing's not working for me. <laughs> you said you want to see Mandy kind of like Shawn Michaels esque IC champion era. Shall we dare WWE introduce a second tier women's championship? No, in the division, they have too many championships already as it is. Uh, but I mean, that's not—it's not a bad idea. But we'd have to—we'd have to get rid of some other championships uh, as well. All right, we we talked about Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch. Really phenomenal. That was match of the night. Yeah. Uh, absolutely, they did a great mm-hmm. job. Um, I, I would have almost, uh, you know. The the DQ victory for Sasha Banks, I would almost have had, rather had it just go to a no contest rather than Sasha Banks being declared the like actual winner or whatever because it was just kind of awkward at the very end when they they made the announcement there. But this was the match of the night without question. They did a great job. I'm looking forward to them at Hell in a Cell. Where did the mustard go? <laughs> Remember they were upstairs wrestling and Becky threw mustard on Sasha's back. When they come back down to the ring, the mustard was gone. She get wiped down in the meantime. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Just maybe she wiped herself down. That was my question. Where'd that mustard go? She was a human hot dog out there. The mind of Baby Huey, ladies and gentlemen, is a terrifying, terrifying place. Uh, Kofi Kingston got a clean victory over Randy Orton. Uh, I, I was thinking that that feud would end there, but on SmackDown, it sort of seems like it's not. But uh, I mean, I think I think they they got to move on though. Kofi Kofi got his win. Yeah, uh, two now, right? He, SummerSlam. Uh, well. That was like the oh, get no D, or no. got DQ'd or double count out or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, I did not really care for this match. This has been Kofi's best feud since being WWE champion. Mm-hmm. The match here was just kind of kind of bland in my opinion. Um, and but I'm happy Kofi got the big win to sort of uh, solidify the victory and the feud and everything like that. But uh, there wasn't really much in terms of to write home about in the ring in my opinion. Well, do you think maybe also the crowd was just a little tired? Because at that point, fatigue starts setting in. It does, but you know you got to like you have to be able to overcome that and tell yeah. a better story in the ring. Uh, I just don't think it was their their evening in that sense. It wasn't bad. Um, Eric Rowan and Roman Reigns uh, exceeded my expectations. I must say, I thought they did a good job getting Rowan over uh, within this match. I thought he looked like a monster, and then. You trot out Luke Harper again to help Rowan. One huge win for Rowan to defeat Roman Reigns in this no DQ match. That's that's huge for him. But my God, they must. And somebody has to get me the stats on this, but they have to hold the record for most tag team reunions in the WWE. Have to. <laughs> like, at least come on. Four, right? I, Good <laughs> Lord. Oh my goodness. Uh, what did you think of it? Uh, as far as, yeah, Roman and Rowan, God, you think that's why Rowan got Eric put back on his name? So yes. So differentiate the two? I do. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a mouthful, like, to keep My that. roommate was watching with me, and she's like, wait, he, it's Rowan versus a guy named Roman? Yeah. And in that moment, I was like, oh, Vince isn't going to like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's confusing. <laughs> uh, but nonetheless, I love the bra aspect, you know, going all over the place, taking it out. But, yeah, Luke Harper coming back out. I just wonder, 
Luke Harper being introduced again with Rowan because of the whole botch, yeah, as we talked about before, kind of the whole botch situation with like who uh, tried to take out Roman Reigns and how their speculation that the initial storyline didn't make sense. And so they're kind of quickly trying to fix it all. And, and unfortunately, I think the the fallout from that was Daniel and Rowan having to split up. And but they put well, they want to put someone back with Rowan, so they brought back Harper. So I just wonder if like them coming back together is just because of the whole botch storyline that savaged it somehow. Too bad too, because you know this was a big win for Rowan, and maybe he could become a, a heel singles guy. But now he's just paired up with Harper again. I hope we do not get a return of the Bludgeon Brothers. One of my Least favorite tag team gimmicks in a long time. So bad. So bad. Uh, All right, finally, the main event. Seth Rollins did defeat Braun Strowman in defense of his Universal Championship. Braun comes up short yet again in a big spot here. Braun looked great. Uh, They did, like, if this were in a vacuum and this wasn't like, if this was like one of Braun's first, like, coming up short in a big spot, then they did a good job protecting Mm -hmm. him, so to speak. Yeah, I I think... For the match, Braun looked very strong because it took like four curb stomps to take him out, plus uh, the pedigree, the pedigree before which the brought last. that out. Yeah. yeah, but still, like it's not in a vacuum. This happens a lot with Braun. He's supposed to be the monster among men. I, I did not. I do not like Braun losing here. I, I I think I would have rather gotten a BS finish with the Fiend coming out before the end of the match as opposed in to afterward. Okay, which you know I I just. What are you doing with Braun Strowman? We've talked about that a lot on the show, and it just eventually it's got to be his time. I just want to know what do you do with Braun after Put this? Put him on SmackDown is what you do with him. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Um, I, like I don't know, I don't know how long Lars Sullivan is out for, but I was thinking about that. Like, because remember when Lars was gonna get called up last December, and it's like, oh, he has to be on the opposite show of Braun because you don't want two monsters on the same show. So. Maybe for right now, since Lars Sullivan is out, yeah, move Braun over to the SmackDown. He can kind of fill that role as the big monster over there. Cause I don't want him healed, though. He's naturally over big guy, baby face. I, I think what you do with him, and we're, we're jumping ahead here, mm-hmm. but uh, they did announce uh, Brock Lesnar did challenge Kofi Kingston for the WWE Championship when, when SmackDown makes its debut on Fox. Yeah, uh, You put that on Brock. And then you finally have Braun topple the Beast, even mm-hmm. though it's not going to mean as much because you had Seth become the Beast Slayer kind of deal. But still, it's better than nothing at this point, unfortunately. But I, I was pretty bummed out about the fact that they just jobbed Braun cleanly again. Yeah, well, I was just you know thinking about that more is like, yeah, can maybe they could save that to like December? Because I saw like a meme, like, could it be uh, Fiend versus Brock at Survivor Series? That could be like a good match if they're both respected champions at that point hypothetically speaking but yeah it's unfortunate for braun because i just i feel like if he loses so many times you just lose interest or believability as the monster it's like i just because you come out and like and want to smash stuff it's like okay i cool you can like lift a truck up but you know, the next night when you have a wrestling match, you're going to lose. Like, I don't care you, how strong you are. You're That's a loser. Right. That's exactly what they're going to run into if they keep doing stuff like this. So I was pretty pissed off about that. Uh, but I did like the Fiend attack on Seth. Mm-hmm. I thought that was well done. I like the lasting image of him sort of holding a lifeless Seth Rollins. However, as we move on from Clash of Champions, now there's a great way to close out Clash of Champions, a great visual. But we kick off Monday Night Raw with Seth Rollins coming out there like nothing happened. I know. Hey, how's it going? And it's just like, just a little, like, I'm not saying that he has to be on the shelf, but he shouldn't be kicking off the show like 
happy-go-lucky. I'm still the champion. I slayed the monster, and, like, now the fiend's coming after me. It just, why can't we kick off with the fiend or something like that? I, I don't know. It just, it, I, I was not, not a fan. It, un, it undid so much of the cool, lasting visual of Clash for Seth to come out there and not sell it. Do you want Seth, yeah, like, limping out there, like, my throat hurts? Or- something. Sell it somehow. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm with maybe, you maybe don't maybe don't come out to the ring. Maybe maybe he's like doing it from the back or something like that. Night or, off or something. Yeah, or maybe he's just not there. Yeah, maybe maybe he's out for that night. And that's okay too. Yeah. Uh, I'm so, with you. Yeah, yeah. I know it, 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 it's that's the kind of thing with WWE, and like that's what I'm saying. What I said earlier was like these two or three weeks in between pay per views where you're trying to build up next set of storylines. I feel like every, even though it's a three-hour show, every second and minute is so crucial. So, yeah, when Seth comes to the ring, not selling, it's like, dude, this is precious precious time right now to build up to your next big match or feud for Seth Rollins. Like, really sell that this is, like, a new big intimidating uh, uh, opponent for him. And so when he's coming out there kind of nonchalant or just, like, nothing major is wrong with him, then it's like, why do I care who you take on? You're not becoming, like, a... A believable, credible champion to me. Um, we're not going to break down everything that happened yeah. on Raw, but uh, obviously we did have the King of the Ring finals with mm-hmm. Baron Corbin taking on Chad Gable. Uh, excellent stuff from yes. both of them. Really, really good. I enjoyed it too. I mean, obviously it was like a David versus Goliath type match, big guy versus little guy, but I'm glad they had plenty of time to tell their story in the ring. And and to both their credit, Baron Corbin, you know, he went out there and really busted his ass, but Chad Gable did an amazing job, I think, helping put him over as far as just a lot of the big spots, flying spots that he was doing. So to me, like it looked like they had some really good chemistry in the ring. I really enjoyed it, and I was really intrigued the whole time. Got to give hats off to Corbin the whole tournament. Uh, he really did a good job this this whole this whole run uh, in the ring, character-wise. Same thing to Gable as well. And, you know, the crowd wasn't very sort of hot for this at the start, but they worked their ass off, and, the, and they yeah. got the crowd really invested in it by the end, which was really cool. So, okay, well, a couple and, of bits. So, you know, not to bury the lead, but uh, wasn't Shane, but Baron Corbin did defeat Chad Gable, and he's now all hail King Corbin. So a, a good secondary option to King McMahon. <laughs> Okay, a couple things. One, I'm kind of glad we see where Baron is now. I think when he was kind of more like, you know, main eventing against Seth and all that stuff, that I was kind of like, I think it was kind of getting a little uh, overdone. So I think where he's at, he had he was gone for a few weeks, and I think kind of like hopefully this new run that he's on right now, this is much more suited for him. He's not in the main event title scene. He's kind of maybe the top of the mid-card scene right now he, as a heel. Let me ask you this, though. Are you cool with him being the, the King of the Ring? Because I know King of the Ring in the past, it's usually a heel that wins. But and I was kind of like reading online stuff. A lot of people were a little upset that he won. Because there's only been like, what, three baby faces to actually win King of the Ring? It's mostly heels. But usually what people view that as, it's a way of getting more heat for a heel who who needs more heat. Correct. But... Baron Corbin has already has so much heat around him. He almost didn't need the King of the Ring to boost that. He has plenty to go around. So it's almost like, could you have done that? Give Chad Gable the King of the Ring title, and that can really sell him as the next big baby face. Doesn't, I don't know. Doesn't doesn't work as well for for like it's it's better for a heel to have it from a character aspect yes. kind of deal. 
we don't want Chad Gable going around calling himself King Gable or anything like that. But but Corbin being a douche and going around calling himself King Corbin is great stuff. So I think they made absolutely the right call uh, here with Corbin. And it's I, and I do think he needs it because it, I think right now it's it's cooler and it's better for Corbin's character to sort of build this resume of all these things that he's done in the same way that it would have been good for Shane if he'd won another tournament, then he was like the king of the tournaments kind of deal. So it works for Corbin as well. Uh, you know, I retired Kurt Angle. I was the constable. You know, all these, I'm king of the ring. All these things that he's done. So-and-so's favorite son. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, so yeah. It, Andre the Giant, you know, Memorial Battle owner. So all, all these things, I think it works for him. But not to jump ahead to SmackDown, I think Chad Gable still looks strong. What happened with the coronations? Well, I know we'll get into that, but... I'm just glad for Chad Gable, it still looks like he's still going to get a push. After, yeah. Even though he lost, it just still could be a good time for him moving forward. So, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm happy our dude Baron Corbin won, my fellow metalhead, and uh, hopefully, yeah, we could cheer him on this week at uh, Chase Center. We had a gender reveal party with Maria Canellis for whatever reason, and uh, it's a boy. Mike's stoked, but Maria says that Mike's not the father, but it's Ricochet. Ricochet denies it. They, of course, have to have, I guess, technically what was a match uh, with Ricochet just squashing Mike. But then we get Rusev making his return. Uh, hate the angle that they brought him back in as, like, supposedly the the baby daddy for, for Maria Kanellis. Uh, but Rusev looked amazing. Love the stash. Love everything he's got going on. Just incredible stuff. That's where that's what happened to Robert Roode's mustache. Yeah, exactly. Rusev took, Rusev it. took it, dude. But he looked great, though. Yeah, totally. Hate the angle, though. Dumb angle. Where's Maury Povich when you need him? Yeah. <laughs> You're the father. But it, it, it's real quick. I want to give a shout out to Street Profits. They, I love what they uh, them backstage as well. Even Titus O'Neil. It was like that segment. Made me laugh as well for that. So, uh, but yeah, Rusev coming back under that angle. I'm like, how's this going to play out? He's a married guy with Lana. Like, where's Lana in all this? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I really don't know. Um, but yeah, so it's good to see Rusev back. But unfortunately, under a sort of a BS angle circumstance there. Um, uh, we did have uh, throughout the night, though, which was like maybe the coolest part about Raw, that, you know, we had the mayor of Knox County, Kane, uh, Glenn, no, Jacobs, Glenn Jacobs, <laughs> Glenn Jacobs uh, appearing throughout the night with our truth and everything like that, sort of sort of safeguarding his 24-7 championship only to then pin him and win it, which is great. I love the I still got it chant kind of deal. <laughs> Uh, and then, but then Truth did win it back. What did you think of uh, of uh, Glenn Jacobs' involvement there? It was great. Like, I, it was. Well, I was just laughing. Like, R Truth didn't know who it was. Like, oh, you're the mayor. Like, hey, Mr. President. Yeah. <laughs> like, and so you know, for us fans, we know. Okay, that's Kane. Like in his in his life after wrestling. Um, but it was just great vignettes, and I think that's a great way for the twenty four seven title to kind of stay. Yeah. Uh, fresh. Is these like vignettes slash outside promo videos versus maybe like constantly like interfering in the actual main show? Yeah, I, I agree. And I think Truth has carved out a real cool niche for himself comedically in that sense where it's actually entertaining, actually funny stuff. Because sometimes when WWE tries to be funny, it's not. Yeah. But, but Truth has such good timing about him and everything like that. I really enjoy his stuff with the 24-7 championship. Other people's not as much, so I think keeping it on him and keeping it surrounding him is, like, the absolute right call. And uh, so, technically, is that Kane's, like, 
uh, first match of 2019. Yes. So, and I, someone I think did a stat, like he's wrestled uh, at least one match a year for WWE since like 95. So it's like 24 years in a row now. So yeah. good on him. And like, technically, I don't know where he, he's going to go, like how much longer, but like for, you know, when he goes into the Hall of Fame and look back at his stats, his last title win ever is the 24-7 championship. Very prestigious. I was just going to say, like, that's like his last major career achievement is that 24-7 title in a suit, nonetheless. Well, and Kane would show up at the end of the night as Seth Rollins was catching a post-match beatdown from the OC. Uh, Kane shows up to make the save. But then the fiend would show up and take out Kane. Mm-hmm. I again love the visual here of a beaten down Seth, sort of like shuddering in fear of the fiend. There, that was very cool, like a horror movie. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it was like know, Alien. It was like Sigourney Weaver yeah. with the alien like next to his face. I love that because it just finally versus maybe the beginning of the night didn't play out how we want. At least at this point, the way the book ended is like Seth looks scared. He's like, dude, you're the Universal Champion. You shouldn't be scared of anyone. But like now, you have an opponent that. Has him shaking, especially in that corner uh, of the ring. So I'm all for that. Hopefully now we get for the next few weeks some really interesting back and forth between them leading to Hell in a Cell. All right, let's talk a little bit about SmackDown. Then we still have to get to NXT. So we, we got we got a lot of ground to cover here in a short amount of time. Let's just let's just talk about it. Brock Lesnar showed up uh, and he's challenging Kofi to a title match on the SmackDown debut on Fox. Uh, what do you think? Is a foregone conclusion Brock's going to win here? What do you think about him showing up? I mean, okay, I think he's going to um, going to SmackDown probably full time, or at least that's his new show now. Especially with them going to Fox and Fox's history with uh, UFC, and I think for them, Fox would love to have Brock as one of the the cornerstones for the show moving forward. Someone that they're used to talking about and covering. So I think for just star power, it helps for SmackDown. But I don't know. Like everyone's like, oh, he's oh, he's gonna win it next week, and then uh, moving forward, he's gonna be the champ, and Fox is gonna love it. How badass would it be for Kofi Kingston's title reign? That it's been like a stepping stone because didn't he have um, who was it? It was Dolph slash Kevin Owens, yeah, and then Samoa Joe, Samoa Joe, and then Randy, Randy Orton. Orton, and then if he could beat Brock Lesnar, that would give his title reign in the last almost six months. That's a really good resume of people he's defeated. Yeah. I would think it'd be great for Kofi in his career, but... It'd be great for Kofi to beat Brock Lesnar. Yes. I don't think it's good for business for him to beat Brock True. Lesnar. True. In, in my opinion. I, th- I think I think Brock should win. I think it's better for SmackDown on Fox. if Brock Look, Brock is box office. And that, that's just... All the outlets will report on it. Correct. SI, ESPN, uh, uh, Fox Sports, all that stuff. They'll, they'll talk about this. Like, Brock Lesnar, first night on... SmackDown on Fox, Brock wins it. Rebuild Brock, keep him strong. You have Braun beat him at WrestleMania. Yeah. And that's how they have Braun win the Royal Rumble this year. That way you create a new sort of monster again in Braun. And not to like kind of call fans hypocritical, but everyone wants The Fiend to win uh, the Universal title. Well, The Fiend currently, he is, he sporadically shows up. So if he becomes Universal Champion, I doubt he's going to be showing up every week because that will lose to prestige. There's a difference, though, is the thing is when they need him to, he will be there. Who, like, Bray Wyatt? Bray Wyatt yeah. doesn't have a contract that like sort of is restrictive to WWE in terms of when they need him. And uh, so w- when they have a big angle in mind, it's like, okay, we're going to need you more this month or whatever. They can just do it. True. 
But so you're saying Brock has more power to call his shots because well, he, he has the contract and more power to him. And, and yeah. I, I don't think it's necessarily an all bad thing. Like I wish he worked. Like I wish Brock worked more dates. But I think there is something to not having somebody there every single week to keep somebody feeling special. But that's the thing with with Bray is that he's under you know to my knowledge a pretty standard talent contract with mm-hmm. WWE. So when they need him to be there more heavily, he will be. Yeah, but I'm just saying. With that being said, though, it's you call you 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 want Bray not to be on TV as much, but then Brock, you want him on TV more. So I'm just saying, it just I think fans can be wishy. Well, I think there's a discrepancy there, though, in 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 the amount of time that that sort of like Brock has gone a lot. You know, Bray the Fiends only wrestled two matches, but they're doing the Firefly Funhouse. They're doing all this other stuff that's keeping him. He's still in angles. Well, he's still doing work on TV. If Brock becomes champion, I think they should try and incorporate some of that. Like maybe he might not be there in the arena, but do some video packages to keep him yeah, in our minds. I, agree. I think there's got to be ways you can kind of uh, still maximize him as champion in, in, in our eyeballs. Watch him seen every week. Uh, we have the coronation. Of King Corbin, uh, looks like that feud with Chad Gable is continuing as Chad Gable smashes the crown after Corbin, you know, sort of, uh, you know, making uh, you know light of Gable and his small stature and everything like that. Uh, what, what did you think of the coronation? No, I loved it because I think it made Chad Gable look strong and it just adds a little more to the rivalry that they can extend this for maybe another match. And if they have another match like they did on Raw this week at a pay-per-view, I think that'd be great. And Hopefully, maybe Chad Gable can win there, but but I think it would be unfortunate for King Corbin to lose his first match after winning the King of the Rings. So it, it's kind of a you want to see both guys win for their respected uh, reasons for each of them. But I, I think I think it, you, moving forward, it, it's it's got some life still this rivalry. So I'm excited to see what they can do with the two of them. Uh, for Chad Gable, though, I hope moving forward he for the next coming months. He can be developed as another top big baby face, maybe like a Daniel Bryan esque, you know, shorter, smaller stature baby face that can overcome the odds for uh, for the next coming months. I'm, so for Chad Gable, I'm excited to see what's next for him. We're going to move uh, like at light speed here for a quick second. Uh, we do have the continuation of the Shane McMahon and Kevin Owens feud for whatever reason, probably leading into a Hell in a Cell match uh, to finally blow that off. Uh, and we do end the show with uh, Daniel Bryan going through the announce table. Uh, as uh, Harper and and Rowan stand tall, um, yeah, there there's so I don't know if we're leading to some type of like Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns tag team situation against Harper and Rowan. So is Daniel Bryan like a baby face again? I guess we'll fight. We'll find out. Which if they do, then it's you know, again you're, you you you. I loved the new Daniel Bryan, the eco friendly Daniel Bryan, but you did piss away your opportunity for that storybook moment that we talked about, about him winning the WWE championship Mm -hmm. at WrestleMania for the first time for what, for a less than a year heel turn or something like that, you know, Mm -hmm. about a year year heel turn. Yeah. It was right before uh, last survivor series. Correct. So, uh, you know, we can talk about that more another time, but we do have to talk about the biggest thing that happened this week. Finally, at the end of the show, uh, it is NXT making its USA debut. Finally, we can say that NXT is the best wrestling show on TV. Uh, and it, it was they did a great job. And, and I think, you know, just overall quick takes from from right from the start of the show. They kept that old school feel. 
Uh, it really felt to me like they had characters, you know, like I loved how they sort of showed off Velveteen Dream and everything. It felt very old school WWF to me. I, I, lo- I loved it. I, I, I really enjoyed it. And I thought outside of Beth Phoenix on commentary, it was a home run for the black and yellow brand. Shout out for stuff to Triple H, that beginning promo, because I was like, oh, it's pre-recorded. But then, you know, you see his face and he's talking. Then they go like, don't blink. And then they show the highlights of NXT they show him again, and he opens the curtain. He was backstage yeah. doing that whole thing. I want to believe all in one take right there, but, uh, <laughs> but we'll never know. Yeah, we'll never know. Like when they went to the video, it's like, oh, that's pretty pre-recorded right there. But anyway, he goes out and just shows how wild and fun that crowd was going for him. Yeah, I love that energy, and that's why, as we said before, it's smart that they're staying at full sail. Correct for for now. Uh, but also, I like the stage. It looks like the screen. It looked like they kind of lowered the entrance ramp down a bit. To extend the height of the, the actual video screen. So now it's like it has like that big, just big bright lights for all the different entrances for the wrestlers. So I thought that was really cool. And I really enjoyed as far as I think, because uh, as I think we mentioned last week, the first hour was on USA. The second hour was on the network, uh, which I, I heard some people were having issues on the network. That second hour, like it wasn't working as first. Correct. Anyway. But it wasn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh but I like how they booked in each hour at the end with with main events. Correct. For USA, they had Velveteen Dream versus USA Rodney. got the biggest match of the night. You think so? Okay. Uh, yeah, ab- yeah. Without question. Okay. They, they they got the biggest, most important match of the night. Uh, and, and I thought they just did a really good job of sort of catching everybody up, mm-hmm. you know, if, he, if they hadn't been watching week in and week out. That's what I was going to ask you about the video packages. There's quite a bit more this time around, so I'm maybe for the more – Average. It's a new fan. audience. I yeah, mean, I mean, okay. we, you know, like, and wrestling fans are dedicated and loyal and everything like that. But for the person that was flipping through that might want to come back to wrestling, okay. I thought I thought it was a good balance. Okay. And and the video packages are produced in such a way that it's not like raw that it's like just these recap things from like the last segment that you saw and sort of not really giving you any like these were cool Cliff and they notes. were well done. Yeah. Uh, I, I and you know they USA had a perfect match to close out their first hour on which Velveteen Dream. Uh, taking on Roderick Strong for the North American Championship. Uh, and it just, I, th- I thought they held true to what NXT is. I, I did, you know, all the all the worrying, and I know it's just one episode, but all the worrying about, oh, are they going to be different and everything like that? It was, it was still NXT. They yeah. were still doing their thing. It was just on a, it was on a, a bigger scale and everybody was all hands on deck. And I thought everybody pretty much hit it out of the park. Yeah. I was going to say that first hour was literally three matches. A couple of video packages, like a backstage video segment, um, commentary. So it, it was pretty much like a standard episode we've seen on the network. It's just for them, you know, they got to condense it down a little bit because of and commercials. What I, and what I appreciated, and this is going to be sound like a weird thing to appreciate, but the Cameron Grimes versus Sean Maluda match, it was only about five seconds. You know, it was, oh. the, it was the super squash. Uh, I appreciated that because that's an NXT staple. It's you're bringing in a new guy that you're going to have as like, you're preparing to be a guy, a player, mm-hmm. and you have him sort of beat an enhancement guy. That's how, like, you know, Monday Night Raw used to be. There was a lot of matches like that, and that's how people got over. It was an, it was enough. Now, this one was like a super squash. Usually, like, you know, you get, like, a squash long enough where the, the guy that's going to be a player gets all their stuff in. So it's like how we learn to know what signature moves to cheer for and what's, mm-hmm. like, a big move, what's the finisher and everything like yeah, that. Yeah. It's an important part. Yeah. And so I was happy to see that they were continuing on with that. And then we had another one later on with uh, Aaliyah getting squashed. Uh, so it's a weird thing to sort of appreciate, but that's a signal to me that's like, dude, it's still the same formula. 
Yeah. They're, they're dancing with the one that brought you. And I appreciated that. And Regardless of how you feel about Cameron Grimes and stuff like that. So, uh, what'd you think of uh, Candice LeRae winning uh, number one contendership for the women's title? I think it makes, I think it makes total sense. Okay. Uh, I, I thought that was a really fun match. Um, I mean, Io Shirai is, is a great, he, I, I loved every, I like everybody involved in this match. I, you know, I, to be honest, I was a little surprised, uh, because I, I know they've been grooming Candace and everything like that. And mm-hmm. I know Bianca Belair's already had her shots at Shayna, but it does feel like that, uh, they're very high on Bianca Belair as am I. So yeah. it was interesting for her to come up short in this spot, but I but I think they made the right call of Candice here. Yeah, because I mean, uh, was it Mia Yim who ate the pin and she pushed off? Uh, I think it was Bianca or Io, whatever one of them, and knocked the other one out. So Ia Ishirai and uh, Bianca Belair they were outside, so both of them didn't eat the pin. Correct. They look fine, still look strong. Yeah. Uh, so for Candice Ray's sake, and then uh, you know taking on Shayna Baszler moving forward, I thought it was just a great. I think it's just really cool. They started out the night with a women's match, so. And and it was a really it was a really fun, uh, really fun match. It was and there had stakes involved with the number one contendership. Uh, you got to showcase four of your talents right out of the gate there on USA. I thought that was great. Uh, and we closed out that first hour on USA uh, with the real main event, which was uh, Velveteen Dream defending his North American Championship against Roderick Strong. Uh, awesome match. Mm-hmm. I, I thought again the whole build for it, the whole night, the entrances, like they did a great job of just really showcasing the character that is Velveteen Dream, Mm -hmm. the stable that is Undisputed Era, and the Undisputed Prophecy coming true here to close out NXT on USA as the second hour is only on the network was the absolute right call. Uh, Velveteen didn't lose anything defeat because it was by BS means and everything like that. And again, it's just that whole, that visual of the Undisputed Era draped in gold uh, kind of deal. It It was an awesome match, and it was just, it was a cool moment. I want to get the new T-shirt. They have an Undisputed Era All the Gold T-shirt now on WWShop.com. So I want to get that one, too, and just represent Undisputed Era, baby. But uh, even the second hour, I really dug the second hour, too, just for multiple reasons. Uh, I'm Roger Strong. I'm glad to see finally get a, a singles title win because he's been normally just been the, the tag champion. So I think it's just kind of cool moving forward to Undisputed Era. All the men have the title. So I, I think... Even though they're supposed to be heels, they are their most popular, one of their most popular things in NXT. So I think right now it's a good way for for moving forward for the USA Network that you have this top team with all the titles and therefore all the fans can really get behind it and tune in for the show. And I think we haven't touched on this, but maybe for the draft, NXT, we don't know if NXT is part of that draft. We- there might be some call-ups. So do you think maybe Velveteen Dream is going to get called up now? I don't think we can call him call-ups anymore. Or just switching over shows? or uh, I I, th- I hope not. I, I think at this point, like I feel like the people that are still on NXT lucked out. Yeah. Because now you're just now you're just the same as everybody else, and you're on a brand that's better written, respected, better presented, credible. Uh, and you know you you now you're now you're just your own entity. So I, I feel like if you're if you're on NXT up to this point. Uh, that's where you just want to be. Well, I was just going to say for Undisputed Era, I think this means they're going to stay on NXT for a while now. I think for, I think even through what WrestleMania, a lot of people were suspecting they're going to get called up. Yeah, they've been, they've been rumors about them for a long time, just like there've been rumors about Velveteen Dream for a long time, Johnny yeah. Gargano. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out as we're we're moving on, touch on the other matches, but shout out to Tommaso Ciampa who put out a video on his social media this week detailing his comeback. It was an awesome. Uh, promo video 
uh, for him, just sort of that his crucible now is to sort of make it back to the ring to do what he loves and that, you know, his whole sort of career flash before his eyes. It's a very powerful video uh, on his Twitter, so I encourage you all to seek that out. I'm excited for the hopeful return of uh, Tommaso Ciampa very shortly, and it's going to be very intriguing what they do with him when he is back. So it's it's going to be good stuff no matter what. I mean, he is so damn good. And now him coming back, you know, as he was talking about, you know, w- with us, however long ago that was about oh, how yeah. NXT, you know, it's it's not, you know, it is just like all the other brands. You know, it's, it is the best place to be. And now, like, for him to return and they're on USA and it is, they're just another, they're the brand now. Wow. Like, I wonder, I'm just looking ahead, maybe if he makes a comeback, it'll be at uh... – like Royal Rumble or January week and sometime in January, but then like yeah, maybe him and Gargano finally have their last match at next year's WrestleMania weekend. We'll see. I mean, yeah. that was the interesting call when Johnny did win the championship, having the whole embrace kind of deal. I don't know. There's there's a lot of sort of scar tissue from how that whole feud was handled on the back end of it. So we'll we'll see how that goes. But we do have Pete Dunn siding on the on uh, on this debut at NXT. I think you can just. Rocket him right into a feud with Roderick Strong, probably for that uh, North American mm. Championship or for the you know the big belt too. Who knows? Um, Leo Rush making a really strong re debut here on NXT. Uh, he performed very well, and uh, I wasn't you know wasn't really expecting him to be a part of this when they first announced it, but I thought he acquitted himself very well. Well. I kind of wish. I mean, I I got spoiled because I just saw it on social media that he was back that night. But part of me was they teased it like early in the show that he was back. I was like, it kind of been maybe cool or maybe it's a complete surprise. Like um, Oni had like no idea who's going to take on. It was like a mystery opponent. Well, I, I think the thing with that is that, again, it's the people. It's the first time viewer factor. So they just want to interview like, everyone. Yeah. If, if he comes out there and be like, who is this guy? Yeah. You know, so I, I, I get that. Uh, we ended the night, though, with. um with a huge brawl, it was a street fight between Matt Riddle and Killian Dane, uh, and it just turned into this big no contest schmoz at the end. It was it was a crazy sort of way to close the show, but I liked it. I thought it really worked because you got you got so many people from the locker room involved. So it's like it's like this is the NXT locker room. This is action packed. This is going to be week in week out kind chaos. of deal. This is NXT kind of deal. I dug it. I loved it. It was just a great finish. My brother told me you need to watch it. So now I know why. Uh, but also, it was cool seeing Imperium get involved too as well. They came out earlier tonight, a little bit like an invasion angle. See Walter come out, who's the current WWE uh, UK champion. So I wonder if this is a way, like he was, and then he end up him taking on Kushida, like in a little bit of a. Yeah. Uh, 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 just a non-title match out there in the middle of the ring. So I wonder if this is like an invasion angle of NXT UK. Will this lead to some sort of war games type match? Hopefully it'll lead to just, they're just being NXT. <laughs> just one NXT. Yes. You like, God, quit UK. asking me to watch so many things. <laughs> I have well, a life. Well, <laughs> but Not that, much that. of one, but like, like a, like a sliver of one that, precludes me from watching well, so much well that's the thing i think even last year when we did our nxt takeover war games uh review down in la you and i were both saying like okay uh undisputed era has done the first two nxt versions of war games for next year how are they going to keep it fresh like are they going to use undisputed era again but like a whole new batch of people i think even you threw out uh, uh forgotten sons forgotten sons 
Now it looks like, okay, maybe they can use Imperium, yeah. and it could be an NXT UK versus NXT type War Games match. But do you have Imperium take on Undisputed Era again? Undisputed Era has all the titles, so maybe they'll be busy with their own respected matches that night. So Kushida maybe puts his own team together. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I would think probably Kushida would be putting together his own team, sort of like the sort of like the polyglot team of like Ricochet and uh, you know, and top baby faces yeah. all coming together for one night. So I'm God, excited. I really wish Ricochet was back on NXT. <laughs> I know. It, like God, and like. <sighs> but so it's many. cool. Like even that night, like Kushida coming out and talking to Walter like a year ago. Kushida was one of the top guys in New Japan. Walter, one of the top guys over in Europe. So it's just kind of cool for NXT's sake that they're able to kind of capitalize and get these big-name talent yeah. from around the world. Absolutely. And now they have an even bigger platform. Yes. So Because they're in WWE. What a time. Pe- where to- people watch. Yes. What a- <laughs> I know. It's amazing. But, like, honestly, though, this week, Jimbo, I don't know about you, like, but real talk, like, even before we went on the air, I was catching up and trying to finish watching everything today. I noticed. I, it was just, like... You got like a three and a half hour, almost four hour pay-per-view, three hours of Raw, two hours SmackDown, two hours of NXT. Like we haven't even, AEW hasn't even come around yet in like less than two weeks. Like I know, dude. (laughs) Again, so Huey is assigned to Raw and SmackDown. I'm assigned to NXT and AEW. Like real talk though, and hopefully you guys. Congrats, baby Huey. Congrats. (laughs) You. you got the longest running episodic shows in television history. The show, I have um, these. I have these young upstarts. The show still cold. Like yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like the show, Damian Demento built. <laughs> I've broken Baby Huey. It's good. We've only been going at this for like three hours or however long it's been. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, it, it's. You know, it's kind of frustrating because people here at work and, you know, personal life, they're all like, hey, have you watched this show on Netflix yet or this show or that show? No. No, I haven't had a chance. <laughs> I'm not so, going to. There's so much wrestling to watch. Yeah. And here we are. We're about to enter the fall TV season. All these my favorite shows coming back. I won't have time to watch it because all my free time outside of work is going to be dedicated to watching all this wrestling. I mean, like, I can't complain because, like, it's an amazing time to be alive as a wrestling yeah. fan. But... Real talk, like, how am I going to live my normal life? It's going to be WWE and AEW, everything. Not yeah. to mention, you know, you know, Impact going to Access, Ring of Honor doing their thing, and, you know. Tag Team Partner and APW. <laughs> it's a lot. I expect you to rewatch all the streams of me. I want copious notes of what you liked and didn't like of from my commentary. commentary. Yeah. I'll Actually, I probably don't that. want to. I'll probably do that. Me. Yeah, I know. They, you, I wish you could see the devilish gleam in baby Huey's eyes at the notion of him crapping on me. Um, I'm, I'm a, maybe one night as an invasion angle, I'm going to take out Kevin Gill. Put me through a table. And I'm going to be your real just, commentator. Just put me through a table. I'm going to be Paul Heyman that night. <laughs> I'm just going to crap on everything you say. No, it's not. Yeah, that guy sucks. That'll be great. Dude, that'll be great. Me, like, 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 you know, you've been doing your thing for a while. I come in and be like, who's this Levi Shapiro? Who's his manager? What's this guy? Who is this guy? You shot. What are you wearing tonight? What where did you get that suit? Like, just I'm just gonna crap on everything. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that'll be that'll be really great. That'll put Whew. some butts in the seats. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that that is good, just about gonna do it. I mean, it was really a great first foot forward for, yeah. for NXT. I'm yeah, so yeah. excited for them. I mean Really, they are now uh, the best wrestling show on TV. They're on USA now, man. It's a, it it's, is. It really. It's crazy to me how quickly this happened when they announced it. You know, it's yeah. like 
the, the, from announcement to them being on TV, it's really it's been like a month. Well, even di- didn't you share on social the other day, like a ESPN did an article? Yes, about- they did a, a really really great look back at they call it the night that changed NXT or mm-hmm. the night that changed wrestling, looking at NXT Takeover New Orleans, which. I think is the best takeover in the history of NXT. We were there for that. Uh, I, so awesome. I think I think uh, it is one of the best shows that I have been to live. The only the only ones that really compare to it are WrestleMania X Seven mm-hmm. and WrestleMania Nineteen. I mean, it's just one of the best wrestling shows they've they've ever put on. Yeah, it, it top to bottom that ladder match. That, still. that card. I mean, it was bookended by you know whatever star rating you want to use. Two perfect matches to, at the start and the end of the show that mm-hmm. were very different. But incredible in their own right, and throughout there wasn't a bad match on that card. Everything did what it was supposed to do. Uh, yeah, go, go to ESPN.com and read the article because it was really fun for me going back and reading it, and just sort of the sort of like the impact that that had, and realizing what they had mm-hmm. uh, in NXT. But it also just look at this, Jimbo. 2019. Here we are, and I know I was just rattling off all the shows, but like literally, it just shows how popular wrestling is, or the demand that's there that there's so much programming now available for us fans to take in. Yeah. So, like you said, WWE, they're Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK, all the other shows they do, the pay-per-views, but also, as you said, AEW, New Japan, Impact. The, 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 uh, Ring all, of Honor. Ring of Honor. NWA is going to be coming back, supposedly. In Atlanta, yeah, doing yeah. TV tapings there. I mean, so it's just... Crazy, yes. MLW, yeah. Oh, ML. I I gotta catch up on that because they had some really good stuff uh, in the last yeah, couple. Yeah, I weeks. mean, I mean, there's just there is just it's more fractured now in terms of the audiences and everything like that. But there's yeah. just so much. Like the popularity is still there. It's just like with anything subgenres like in music. Yeah, it's, it's like any entertainment today. It's just people. We've changed how we consume it, so it just it looks a little different to the optics. But the popularity is still super there, you know, and and I really maintain this, you know, in terms of the community, you know, wrestling fans, uh, when we see a wrestling shirt, even if it's not somebody that we really follow, like I know for me, like I have a I have a reaction to it. Like I instantly think more about that person. I instantly trust them more <laughs> instantly. Just, just like it's OK, like I can relate to them on a certain level. Absolutely. So uh, it is very exciting. As uh, Triple H said. Don't blink. Don't blink. Uh, <laughs> one more time to put myself over. Uh, all pro wrestling. Hashtag war at the shore. September 27th. That is Friday, September 27th at the Bayshore Community Center. Uh, come check it out. You won't regret spending your money on it. If you can't make it out, we'll put out the details on how you can hear me uh, do commentary. <laughs> making my APW debut. I can't believe it. Can I, uh, can I start a Jimbo chant? No, I'm please God, Jimbo no. Jimbo, Jimbo. <laughs> Absolutely right, If you're listening not. to this podcast right now, hit me up no. on either Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, at InTheClick, or Baby Huey Official on Facebook, Baby Huey 83 Twitter, Instagram, DM me, slide into my DMs. It's open to anyone, but let's start something for Jimbo that night. I want ideas. Maybe we can like carry this over from month to month. Like it could build up organically. Like we can like like maybe before the match we like crowd serve. Maybe Jimbo, you could come in like on a chair, like we carry you in or something. Like Cody and yeah. the cow palace. Yeah. Right on the oh my God. Any yeah, no, ideas? I'm trying to be a babyface commentator, at least at the start. So, you know, so I'm not trying to try and do that. But that is going to do it for us this week. For Baby Huey, I'm Bimbo Jimbo. And remember, if you're not in the click, see ya. I wouldn't want to be ya.